This is a podcast from Sin. Hey, you're listening to the Sunday Sweets podcast uh, with Reese and Bex. Hi. How's it going, Reese? Good, good. How are you? Fantastic to be presenting with you finally. <laughs> Only took all season. Yes, but now we're here and we have a very special podcast episode for you. We have we've compiled, we've voted, we've done all of the things and we have finally found our sweetest 16. Of the year. Yeah. It's In exciting. a democratic way. Pretty democratic way. So, um, yeah, we took all of our sweetest 16s of the year and then got everyone at Sin to try and vote on them. So we have come up with Sin's sweetest 16. Uh, so that's eight international tracks, eight Australian tracks, and then two feature albums, one Australian and one international. So it's a lot. So we're gonna we're gonna break it all down. We're gonna give it to you. So we will be announcing it from eight to one. So the votes. Yes. If you want to find out what's number one, skip to the end. But don't, because that's kind of rude. Because they're all great too. Exactly. So first up at number eight, our number eight international track is the Lemon Twigs with Night Song. For me, kind of uh, them in particular epitomise a bit of that that resurgence of the '70s kind of sound that we've seen over the past couple of years, particularly um, like in Melbourne, definitely coming from guys like King Gears and all that kind of thing. Really guitar heavy, really fun, and this track's super quirky. Yeah, so it definitely gives me a very Beatles vibe. Mm. Um, that track in particular. And I think maybe it's our only sweetest 16 to feature. Is it a glockenspiel or a, a cowbell, perhaps, in the background? I'm pretty sure, yes. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, so up next, coming in at number eight for our Australian tracks, is Okenyo with her breakout track, Woman's World. To feel this nice, you are ready for it to feel this hey, nice. Hey. Uh. I'm a very busy woman with a lot on my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot awesome. Digging it. Um, of course, out of Sydney. Yeah, it's a follow-up single to her uh, EP, 10 Feet Tall, from 2016. And I feel like this one really established her as one to watch for 2018 and the future. Yeah, for sure. And I loved the follow-up with Woman's World 2.0. I think that's the only thing that made it cooler. Yeah, so released a few weeks ago um, with Jesswa and Miss Blanks. I got to see her live at Big Sound, and that was really cool. Lots of like coordinated dancing, lots of group vocals. Was there a bit of a formation Beyonce vibe on the dancing? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, musically, she's very much about you know empowerment and and you know sticking up for women of color particularly. Mm. So um, yeah, up next, one of my personal favorites, um, coming in at number seven, uh, our seventh international track is LCD Sound Systems Tonight. Yeah. Uh, of course, from their latest album, American Dream. Do you like LCDs? <laughs> I'm going to see them uh, next year. One of the, cause this, <gasps> We actually hadn't heard from them for a while, to yep. be fair. They've been brewing away in the background. Um, and a much-anticipated... Um, single this one tonight. They'll actually be touring with um, formerly known as Chad Faker, uh, Nicholas Murphy. Oh, yeah, Nick Murphy, yep. <laughs> Nick Murphy. Correct. Because <laughs> Chad Faker's dead, it's killed him off. But um, I think that'll be a, uh, I think that'll be an interesting kind of 
complimenting their styles because I know he wants to go more down that production kind of side of things. Yeah, I mean, I can understand how him and James Murphy would relate being quite um, particular about the way they produce and Mm. their stuff. So that that makes sense in terms of um, a co-headline tour. Um, But their album, Mary Can Dream, so great. So great. Got to see it live at Margaret Court. Oh, Um, Yeah, just so, so good. So big, like... One of my dream shows. I just wish that I didn't have a seat. I wish I could just go down into the front. <laughs> and dance. But I got to see everything. Like, I didn't run the risk of having someone too tall in front of me. So, yeah. you know. Do you think... It outweighs it. Do you think they're sort of made for that to be performed, their style? The dancey party vibe. I I would love to see them in a smaller room. I think that they started off as a smaller room. It's very New York. It's very kind of underground, quote unquote. Um, so, I think... Yeah, like, that's where you'd ideally want to see them. But Margaret Court is not too big in terms of, like, the size of the room. Yeah. So it's, you know. It's not quite stadium. <laughs> yeah, and it's expensive for them to tour. They have a lot of gear. Yeah. Like, a lot. And our seventh Australian song on the Sweet 16, Odette, Watch Me Read You. Watch Me Read You. The turning pages of an epic, dissected, hallucinogenic, black coffee addict, life ended, lies cold on that metal tray, wasted... A lot of... Well, that track really is a combination of styles, really blended really smoothly. Jazz, soul and pop featuring in those styles. Odette was born in England but raised in Western Sydney, so two completely different cultures arm there, uh, much like her, her music style blended really nicely, and didn't quite hear it in that sample, but in that track, it's almost like a part she's reading a slam poetry to you. Yeah, yeah, so that's the style that she's kind of established for herself um, in terms of, like, sitting among the music the music mm. landscape. Yeah, really cool one, definitely one to watch for 2018, um, you know, young up-and-coming Australians, we're all there for that. yeah. And in different styles as well. I think this Sweet 16 will showcase all different genres and tastes from our listeners. Oh, oh, you know it. <laughs> uh, and coming in at number six for our international tracks, our number six international track is Tuvalu with Disco Tits. Yes. <laughs> um, that says it all. It could have gone into, like, a really gross territory, this song, but it didn't. So I, I applaud that. Um, it's a groover. Like, I've been listening to it since it came out, and I mm. still love it. Still um, so in great. your head. Yep. And then her, like, most recent collab with Charlie XCX, on point, just, like, killing it. Yeah. And our sixth Australian track of The Sweetest 16, Echo Vandal, Broke Days, Party Nights. <laughs> That, of course, is the title track for her uh, her, her debut album. Finally. Yeah. Finally, she's made a debut album. It's oh. been a few years in the making. Yeah. Putting her in this really cross-section of, like, dance and punk, vibing it out. Yeah, it's a real ruckus. Uh, it's... 
It is one of those tracks I prefer to see live. I've seen Echo Vandal live twice, and the first time was way back in 2015, just almost three years ago now, which is crazy, but uh, just in a small Northwood social venue. Mm. And she was actually the support for Gang of Youths. And they go wild and they have so much energy on stage. But they almost seemed calmer after her um, warm-up, <laughs> which was like a really interesting contrast. It was great. There was a lot of energy in the room that night. But this track, yeah, really short, sharp, punchy. And Eka just announced today she's been signed to Universal Music, which is a huge step for her. That's, that's major. Yeah, and that, that deal puts her alongside um, some other Aussie favourites. 360, the rapper, uh, Vera Blue, and Gang of Youths as well. Nice. Yeah. Well, congrats. <laughs> Go Echo. You also made it on the sweetest 16. Yeah, which is an accomplished uh, accolade. <laughs> and coming in at number five, our number fifth international track uh, on our sweetest 16 is Tyler the Creator with November. Hawaiian shirts and I want deep thoughts, deep thoughts, and I'll take me back to November. What's so. up? So November is taken from his 2017 album, Flower Boy. Um, this one is pretty underrated, like doesn't have that many plays anywhere. Mm. Um, in terms of the, the content of the track, it's pretty self-reflective. He's looking back on, you know, uh, his love for this particular time in his life and saying, you know, what's your November? Um, you know, what's his time? That, that you really want to go back to and you really want to appreciate. Yeah, it's nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, And it's actually one of the few um, songs on his album that only have him as, like, as a writing credit. There's no one else right. producing or writing. Yeah, I think I liked the montage at the end of um, the overlapping, everyone sharing their little stories and the time they want to go back to. Although some of them were fairly recent. They're only saying, oh, back in November 2014. So I don't know how nostalgic you can be for just a few years ago. I'm nostalgic for, like, last summer, so yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, an interesting production on that one, for sure. And fun little fact for you, um, I found this really interesting in a slightly different style. Um, Taylor, the creator, said The Ooze, which is the second album by King Cruel, is Tyler's favourite record of 2017. That That might be our... Top album of the year. Who knows? Who knows? See if you agree with Tyler, the creator. Stay true to find out. But uh, coming in at number five, our fifth Australian track is one very close to my heart, is mm. Miss, Miss Blanks with Clap Clap. If you got a fat ass, make that ass clap. Clap Clap. Hey. Clap Clap. If you got a fat ass, make that ass clap. Clap Clap. Clap Clap. If you got a fat ass, make that ass clap. Um, of course, her first first single? Yeah, her first single. Yeah. Um, clap, clap, you know, featuring that black and white video with the dudes on leashes. As we all remember from the start of the year, amazing. Maybe not my favourite. I think I like Fantasy from her um, EP a little bit more. But this has been a stayer all year. Totally great. Um, you got to speak to her a little while ago on the, for the show, didn't you? Yeah, we interviewed Eka. Uh, sorry, not Eka. Miss Flags. <laughs> Too many amazing women on this show. We spoke to Miss Blanks earlier in the season um, and 
she was really passionate about breaking down some of those stereotypical, very macho tropes in Australian hip-hop, and she's really trying to forge herself a place for herself in that scene, which I think she has. Um, yeah, the album is, is only 16 minutes. When I say only 16 minutes, that is six tracks, but a lot of force within them. Um, a total powerhouse. Um, she she appeals to a few different um, fan bases and different cross-sections as well. And I think she's um, exponentially building that following. So definitely another one to watch in the new year. And, um, yeah, I hope we hear more from her. Coming in at number four, uh, our fourth international track on our sweetest 16 for 2017 is Portugal the Man, Feel It Still. So amazing. Great. I love it. Uh, the second I heard this when it came out, I was hooked. I think I listened to it on repeat for like a week. For me, total classic as soon as it came out, as soon as I heard it. Because it's referencing so many, just so many musical genres and styles mm. from the 20th century. Um, it's just, it, it just feels like it should have always been a song. Like, I don't even associate it with this year anymore. I agree. I agree. It's very timeless in that way and that you, you think you've heard it, you, it belongs in another time or you've just always known it. Mm-hmm. It's very familiar, which is really captivating. Portugal the Man were American band, um, obviously one of our international ones. They formed all the way back in high school and um, I really loved the kick of that bass throughout the track, um, the, the bass band kind of style. Um, someone described it as an unexpected pop rock crossover hit. Mm-hmm. It's definitely made it huge with a lot of commercial play as well. Um, but something that I found strange was um, them talking about the origin of the name, um, Portugal the Man. So they said they simply wanted the band to be a name of a country because a country is simply a group of people. Hence, Portugal, the country, and the man, just stating that he is the man. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Which was really overcomplicated for something really so simple, wasn't it? Yep. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but a great track, nonetheless. Uh, coming in at number four. Stella Donnelly. Boys will be boys. My friend told me I'm a Um, so it's taken from her EP Thrush Metal, which was released on August, in August 2017. Um, definitely easily her breakout year. On top of winning Levi's Music Prize, she also won Triple J's Unearthed Artist of the Year. Big, big time for her. Yeah, and a big issue um, covered in it as well. So she was really trying to make sense, she said, of society's tendency to blame victims of um, sexual assaults and the tendency to, to make excuses for the perpetrators and the people that commit these horrible acts, um, which is so, on first listen, it's so disguised if you're not really mm-hmm. paying attention to the lyrics because she has such a warm, soaring vocal style um, that you're almost distracted from the fact that she's untangling this, this horrible, horrible thing that's happening. Um, but I think it was so important to be able to bring that up in a song. We've already smashed out most of our most of our sweetest sixteen. Um, 
of course, we have gone through our first five tracks from both International and Australian. If you forgot what they are, our international tracks, number eight was Lemon Twigs with Night Song. Number seven, LCD Sound System with Tonight. Uh, number six, Tuvalu with Disco Tits. Number five, Tyler the Creator with November. And number four, Portugal the Man, Feel It Still. And for our local tracks, number eight, Okenyo, Woman's World. Number seven, Odette, Watch Me Raid You. Number six, Echo Vandal, Broke Days, Party Nights. Number five, Miss Planks with Clap Clap. Number four, Stella Donnelly, Boys Will Be Boys. All right, so we're going to jump into our top three Australian international very soon. But first, drumroll please, because we have two massive feature albums. (laughs) Our Australian feature album of the year is Sampa the Great's Birds and the B9. Of course, it's been a huge year for Sampa the Great, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, my highlight was seeing Sampa the Great on the Firesign tour with Remy. Uh, they played 170 Russell, like, right in the basement. It was very, very heavy atmosphere. So good. Yeah. So good. I hope they keep collaborating together in the future. This is, a, I believe, the second time they've collaborated um, on a track with... Um, so they collaborated this time on the Flowers track, and earlier was Remy's track for good, and that just got tangled in my mind. Like it's it's such a catchy track and so groovy, and in just such a short time, really, um, Sam of the Greats amassed over two MCGs worth of listeners each month casually. on Spotify. Just yeah, no, just casually. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a huge amount to be listening to. When I first read that statistic, I thought it was in a year, but that's each month. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she was actually born in Zambia and raised in Botswana, and she's only been in Australia for about four years. But she has been making the music, the tunes, uh, of course, coming from Sydney. She's been doing everything. Uh, been doing. She started off doing weekly jazz, hip-hop, freestyle sessions for a while. Um, then she started jumping on stage with bands. So much. She she's collaborated with Estelle big. this year. Like, crazy. 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 Um so huge. Bless, blow a breeze through my chest. Bless, and before I forget, black vocals, black t-shirt, dark jeans, and a choker. I hardly do flesh, but I'ma flesh my vocals. I hardly do magic, but that black girl kosher. I'ma pray for these. Yeah, so for Bird and the B9, there were three different producers. We had Quez Darko, Justin Smith, aka Sensible J, and Alejandro JJ Apo. Uh, also known as Silent J from Melbourne. So good. Like, probably my favourite track on it. Oh, I don't even... By River is amazing. Black Girl Magic is amazing. And real mixture of sounds and experiences being filtered into these tracks. It's just such a good album. And I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised that everyone at Sin voted for this because it was very close. Yeah. Between the <laughs> top top albums. So Sam the Great beat out Meg Mac with um, our Low Blows, was her album. Then our third, uh, our tie for third album was uh, Pond, The Weather, and Jen Cloa's self-titled album. Wow, mm. so a range of good variety in there. Top albums. Yeah. But Bex, are you ready 
to know what our international feature album is? I am. I'm so ready. I'm a big fan. <laughs> She's just like freaking out right now. So <laughs> Take a moment. <clears throat> our international feature album uh, of the year of Our Sweetest 16 is, of course, Lord's Melodrama. And how could it not be? <laughs> she thinks you love the beach, you're such a damn liar. Well, those great whites, they have big teeth. Oh, they bite you. So huge. Huge year for her after taking a little little break and, um, you know, mixing away in the background and has come up with a really sleek record, I'd say. Of course, the follow-up from debut album Pure Heroin, which just launched her into this international fame. Um, who could have anticipated, really? I don't know. People who knew her, maybe. <laughs> People who knew her and knew her talent from a young age. Yeah. I mean, she still is young. She's only just turned 21. Um, I think the lyrics in this album, mm-hmm. um, they've grown up a little, and I think it's reflective of her growing up. But it's interesting because she is still so young. But just reflecting on that period of 16 to 20 years old, um, I think, I'm not sure if you'd agree with me, but I, I just feel like in those years it can feel like 10 years of growing up rather than just a few. It's, it's a big growing up period. Yeah, I mean, totally. Uh, you look at where she's come from, you know, it's like you go from being a teenager in high school to being mm. an international star um, then like touring the world, meeting David Bowie, and then, yeah. and then having this major breakup in your personal life. Oftentimes, people talk about when they're like really big and they're really famous. They, you know, often lose a lot of connections. So I imagine that's a really hard thing to lose when you're, you know, like so big and doing all yeah. of this stuff and can't maintain like that kind of relationship. I recently saw Lord in Melbourne. It was her last show of the tour at the Sydney My Music Bowl. And something that really struck me was how genuinely humble she is all um, about this. Um, she was really talking to the crowd and engaging them in, with them in such a way that wasn't contrived and just, oh, thanks for coming out sort of thing. It's You could see the look on her face that was just so genuinely humbled. And she's really appreciative, I think, of her fan base. Um, mm. The live show was less theatrical, um, but it was still really spectacular and it, it just showcased the vocals and it acted up a lot on, on the theme of melodrama. And so the costuming was, um, you know, long puffy dresses, white dresses, and they had these big old TVs um, playing like a montage of melodrama, like a soapy kind of style. Yep. Um, which I really enjoyed. Well, we can't talk about this album without talking about Green Light, which was the first single off it. And that was the Green Light. That was the go-ahead for, like, this is going to be a fantastic album. Um, really catchy, but it's so upbeat, but it's really just about heartbreak. And and especially when she emphasises that line, you know, you're such a damn liar. It's just like, yeah, I've been there. Like, you're shouting <laughs> it out to your ex, you know. You feel like... I don't know. You feel like she's in that bedroom with you, like just crying your little 16-year-old heart out. For sure. <laughs> Overall, really fantastic album. Oh, how fast the evening passes, cleaning up the champagne glasses. We told you this was melodrama. Oh, how fast the evening passes, cleaning up the champagne glasses. Our only wish is melodrama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the the fact that she takes a chance to go, you know, a little bit lower and a little bit softer and a little bit 
um, out of the way, like Rider in the Dark, particularly, totally great. Of Liability, the reprise, yeah. great, love it, amazing. Yeah. yeah, so good. I mean, shows the power that we have. Um, so, melodrama got number ones not only in Australia and Canada, but also in New Zealand and on the Billboard. 200, so she was number one on the top 200 and number one alternative album in the US. Wow. So just a few. I reckon she can retire now. I don't want her to because I love her music, but I just be like putting my feet up for a while. Yeah, and uh, so the album was co-written, a lot of it with Jack Antonoff, who's of course known for The Bleachers and being a member of Fun. So, I mean, I think you can tell that there's definitely a lot more collaboration and it's quite a, a quite, it's been quite an adult process for her putting, Mm. putting this together, which I think is really... Good. You know, it makes for something Mixing in Taylor Swift's circles, obviously. Proud and excited of. Now, Bex. Into our top singles. We have some very important stuff ahead of us. We have six more singles to go, and they are the top. Coming at number three, our number three international track is Drake with Passion Fruit. Listen, seeing you got ritualistic. No surprises that it's up there in the high numbers. Not at all. Big long opener, just like, you know, it's been a big year for Drake as well. An overwhelmingly successful tour recently coming to Australia as well. This track, I would say, is definitely more chill than R&B, rap. Um, even though I really like the disruption in the intro that would suggest otherwise, it just feels like you're at this big house party or club somewhere. That intro is probably the reason why I actually like the song as much <laughs> as I do. And I'm like, yeah. Breaks it up a little. All right, break it up. Don't, don't be boring, Drake. Definitely like repetitive, but a nice summary reflective track, which I think suits the song's title, Passion Fruit, still is. Nice, floaty memories of summer coming through. But number three, our third Australian track is Alex the Astronaut with Not Worth Hiding. It's not worth smiling if you're feeling in pain And it's not worth hiding if you think you might be gay Or different in another way You're perfect just the same Beautiful song. (laughs) So nice. Talking about being yourself. Yeah, it made me cry when I saw her play it live. Yeah. Which is unsurprising. <laughs> and where did you see her play it? Uh, I saw her at Big Sound, actually. Yeah. So I was, like, right at the very front. And she's great. Like, it was just her and a guitar on stage. She had a drummer for a little part of it, but it's just mostly her in that front. Wow. So nice. Like, I just don't understand. She's got such a nice <laughs> songwriting style and lots of attention to the lyrics. And I really liked that she points out this irony of there's billionaires for presidents and parking fines in hospitals, she says in the track. Yeah. And it's just that frustration of, yeah, like, times are tough and there's people that are winning lots of money and there's people that are, you know, still getting parking fines in hospitals. It's really cruel sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a songwriter, she's quite sensitive um, about, you know, other people, also herself. Um so for her to put out like a personal, like very, very personal track like this is pretty surprising, but, you know, totally, totally great. And something we needed this year, I feel. Yeah. And outside of music, as you might know, she's a very clever cookie. Outside of her musical ability, uh, Alex studied a maths and physics degree on a soccer scholarship mm-hmm. in New York. So she's got that math science brain, the sporty brain, 
and the writing room, which is just amazing. I really like Alex the Astronaut. Number two. Oh, my God, it's number two. We're getting so close to the end. All right. Number two <sighs> international. Charlie XCX. Boys. I was busy thinking about boys. How could this not make the sweetest 16? Like, that that would be insane if it didn't. Um, obvious choice for you. Obvious choice for me. Totally up there. Number, number one's across the board. Um, I, I've i been a bit of a fan of, like, uh, PC music and, um, like, Sophie and QT, like, all of these kind of British, like, alt-pop stars. So it's mm. really good to see this kind of alt-pop coming into uh, mainstream. Of course, Charlie XCX is very kind of you know, mainstream pop star. So yeah. uh, this track was actually produced by Sophie from PC Music. And it's super cool. Yeah, definitely delving into that, um, like, Y2K era, kind of late 90s, very, very produced pop. Bubblegum, hair twirling. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was really hypnotic in tone and short pop track, very, oh, not formulaic, actually. I was going to say followed a certain formula, but... Not in the traditional pop style, like you said, mm. old pop. And what really won it over for me was the video clip, which featured a lot of well-known boys, including our golden boy Flume, Joe Jonas, and Mac DeMarco. Oh yeah, Mac DeMarco's in it. I forgot about that. Of course, he's just gonna pop up, like <laughs> something weird and arty. Like, of course, Mac DeMarco is gonna be there. I just thought it was a fair effort to get all those people in the same room or different studios and. Put it all together. Come on, who wouldn't do that video for her, though? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it managed to get to number 60 on the ARIA charts, so not very high there, but it's The Guardian's number two track of the year, and it is sitting at just over 45 million Spotify streams. Wow. Mm. So, just probably got about $4 from that. Big track. <laughs> I'm kidding. So our number two Australian Track is Baker Boy featuring Guramal, which is Marnana. Um, and that was only released in October, so kind of Shot to last minute almost addition to, to The Sweetest 16. Yeah. It's his second single. He had Cloud Nine, which came out in March, which I really dug. But that one didn't make the, the cut. This is the one. I, I wonder if that's a rule. Can you have more than one artist? In The sweet 16, Sweetest 16? Yeah. But they do it for the Hot 100 and the Hottest 100. Yeah, that's true. So ask Triple J and 4 Triple Z. Yeah. <laughs> Baker Boy is, of course, from um, from Arnhem Land originally, and he raps in Yonguru Martha. From the Australian Music Vault podcast, which I could give a shameless plug um, to, which Sin was a part of um, making, two Sin volunteers, Elsie Bath and Sujiti Hussain, recently interviewed Baker Boy for episode one of the podcast. And in that interview... Um, Baker Boy said lots of interesting things, one of them being that he basically learned to rap from bantering around with his mates as a teen and was basically put on the spot um, in these kind of kind of like rap battles with his mates to start making and rapping rhymes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really emerged from that. Um, of course, as you mentioned, Baker Boy is from Arnhem Land um, and he really wanted to be Australia's first Indigenous rapper to be rapping in a native language, which I think is really cool because um, 
sadly, like there used to be, I think, over 100 Native Indigenous languages. They're so, uh, they've slowly dwindled down and it's a lot of it's been lost along the way. So I think to be rapping and putting out your own language in, in a song is a really cool thing to do and a really, really great way to preserve that and promote um, culture. Yeah, I just think it's an awesome blend. It switches between the Indigenous language and the English language. And in the interview, um, they discussed how you'd think that might sound jarring and a bit chopped, but it just blends so well. It's just incredible to be able to do that. I definitely think we'll be hearing more of Baker Boy in 2018. If we don't, I'll be sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Bex, we're down, we're down to the wire. We get, we, we're there. It's time for our... Our two number ones. It sounds weird saying that we have two number ones, but it's <laughs> we have the equal truth. representation from equal. international and Australia. So coming in at number one, our number one international track is Frank Ocean with Chanel. Frank Ocean obviously kept everyone waiting. For his, yeah, for his Blonde album. A long time, and it's interesting (laughs) how that hype can build. I've noticed there's two kind of ways, two main ways of dropping an album or Mm -hmm. a single. It either just emerges from anywhere overnight, um, which Beyonce kind of did. Yeah, Lemonade, yeah. Lemonade. Or you can just tease it out for a really, really long time and get everyone itching and just wanting to hear it, which is what Frank Ocean did. He did. Um, Yeah, so we got Blonde. Um, which, like, for me, I don't, I didn't really engage with it as much. I thought it wasn't quite as raw as um, Channel Orange. There's something different about, different about that. But second album mm. syndrome, like that's you know, a real to, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Chanel kind of redeemed him for me. I was, I'm really into this. I really love it. Um, I think it says a lot about his songwriting and the way he thinks that he kind of links all these concepts together. This kind of idea of high end, but then you've still got problems. Um, yeah. Really good. Jam. I think um, fans might have an idea of what they think he is and what's he, what's, what his sound's all about in the first album and they might get a different taste in this one, so it's hard to kind of adapt your ear or your expectations to it as well. Yeah, well, it just sits out as a separate single. Yeah. So it's definitely, like, not quite doing anything. But it's sitting at 69 million Spotify streams. Not bad. Just casually. Wow, and that's on one streaming service alone. That's for one track on one streaming service. So extrapolate that out. I don't know how many people use Apple Music, so we'll find out. (laughs) Get the statistic. (laughs) All right, Bex. I'm number one Australian track. I'm waiting. What is it? And the final one, it is Methyl Ethyl, UBU. For me, a a bit of an outlier here. I feel like... We're suddenly jumping back into the indie pop territory that we've been in for a few years. Yes. Um, compared to, obviously, like our earlier tracks like Okenyo and Miss Blanks, even Stella Donnelly. Like, this is definitely um, a bit of a throwback. Not a bad throwback. Um, it did come out in March this year. They released their album. So, I mean... Do you uh, mean throwback in a style that it reminds you of? Or just... Yeah, throwback in feel. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me that, like, associates that kind of, like, indie rock, pop kind of crossover with, like, when I was 18. Okay. <laughs> um, or, like, earlier 2000s. But, yeah, UBU comes from Everything Is Forgotten, which was released back in March. So it actually makes it one of the older songs 
Yeah. On our singles list. But look, it stayed in everyone's head that long. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you say about the style thing because I really like methyl ethyl and I think it's because it's not like anything else I'm listening to. I get the whole like style, um, pulse style resurgence or like reminiscent of that, that time. But um, to me, they're always so mysterious and maybe that's the vocal style as well that makes it really interesting for me. Yeah, the vocal, it particularly, it feels particularly ambiguous. Like, it doesn't, mm. you can't really, like, it's not gendered yes. so much so. Yes. Um, which is always a bit of a weird thing for me, being like, oh. Like, as much as we're so used to hearing, like, a gendered-sounding voice, yes. you know, it's like, oh, this is a man and this is a woman. It's like, well, you don't have to sound like that. And, like, the idea, that idea is stupid. Yeah. Um, but we're so used to hearing that because that's how we've operated for so long that, yeah, hearing this sometimes is a bit like, oh. Seeing them live was was another story because it was one of those things um, where I just couldn't believe that the person in front of me was making that amazing sound. It just, um, I don't know, like it definitely wasn't what I expected to, to sound like. Um, and it's, it's not coming through a machine. It's not coming through anything that's um, auto-tuned or altered. It's, it's that pure vocal, mm. um, which is so controlled and, and so amazing. And I had that recently as well with um, Alt J. The lead singers of Alt J is just I was so close bragging rights front row, but <laughs> but being that close and just thinking no, like in your head it's just like you think it's going to be so overproduced or something like that. But no, it's really coming from that voice box mm. and those vocal cords. So UBU was from Methyl Ethel, um, real toe tapping, toe tapping track, and. Yeah, I think the vocals just have a way of weaving into your head and getting stuck there for days or months, as it has in our sweetest 16. So we've made it all the way through our sweetest 16 for 2017. It's been a bumpy ride. It's been a mixed bag of everything that we've loved. A mixed bag. About 2017. That's our sweetest 16 of 2017. Yeah. Did you agree? What did you think? Yeah, what do you think? Let's not. (laughs) Not me. <laughs> what do you What do you think? Let us know. Uh, you can follow us at Send oh. Sunday Sweets. S Y N Sunday Sweets on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, we are going to be back again next year, Sunday nights from five till seven pm, uh, bringing you all sweet, fresh, juicy sweet sixteens. This has been a podcast from Sim. Fucked up. Hey, spoke too soon.